The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Power of Water, Earth's Human Mission, and Can We Save Children's Lives. The show started several years ago thinking that if we could bring an audience together with a crusade and join me and people at the United Nations and World Vision and the organizations around the world, the different groups that are giving back to causes to save the water. We've had NASA NOAA on uh, with uh, Dr. Dwayne uh, Cecil who have said that the astronauts are out there not just looking at a way to travel and enjoy your life. They're looking at studying what is happening on Earth, away from Earth, and primary the water and the climate change and what is going to be affecting Earth. Now, with Earth having the water and you're standing back away from Earth, looking at Earth, Earth has the water. Can you imagine our responsibility in the solar system to make sure we have the water for eternity? But guess what's happening It is not clean. Every day, 2 million tons of human waste are being disposed in water sources. And that's all over the world. That's not just in countries where they don't have the money to do it another way. 5,000 children are dying a day because they don't have adequate water. And yet we're fighting wars around the world. For what reason? Did you know that in... Yemen, years and years and years ago, a lot of the wars in different countries started because of water scarcity and fear that they were going to become indistinct because there's no water. So stop and think about this show. We have brought in some of the most exciting guests for all this time to teach us about how to live our lives in a healthier way and to look at what our planet Earth is offering us every single day. Embrace it. Enjoy it. Make it a hobby. You get out of bed, you put your feet on the ground, you begin a day. And it's a lot of fun, but when you know that Earth is whispering, leave your footprint behind because that means you gave something back to what was given to you and you will become immortal, ageless. But it's all in the most important ingredient is the water. Did you know that all the exciting telecommunications and all the phones and everything that we use every day, our power, is all because of water in the air, water sources? If there was no moisture in the air, water in the air, they wouldn't even be operating. If you didn't have water, there would be no resource. So remember, that all is part of the plan. Sanitation. Uh, Drinking it, eight to ten glasses of clean water a day are vital to fighting disease and and your body dissolving the toxin. 
vital to your life. Today we have an exciting guest. I've been really looking forward to this for you. I call this show a classroom, but it's a laboratory to study. And if we study together of what we can do together, what we can do out there in the world to make a better place, I, this guest today has been at this for 25 years in technology of communications using the Internet, social media, and more. Alan Jordan. And when we come back, we'll be talking to Alan Jordan, who's got 25 years, I couldn't believe it, 25 years of experience in MBAs, knowing how we can communicate with each other and be better, better skilled. And those of you that listen to my show that are maybe in between jobs or out of a job at the moment, there might be some ideas for you to become an inventor, an entrepreneur that's possible because we in America are very ingenious about inventions, entrepreneuring. And we'll make this a memory of Stephen Jobs today because when he passed away, he said the world will remember because of what he did to give us the skills and the confidence that we can do it. There is no such thing that you can't do it. We're going to listen to our sponsor before we bring Alan Jordan on. Biologic Aqua Research Center sponsors Nature's Tears I Missed to be our sponsor here at the Sharon Klein Hour Power of Water, Earth's Human Mission. Did you know that when you're looking at a computer every day, that that computer is draining, dehydrating the skills of your hands and your posture and your eyes are focused and you're not blinking enough. You're having a lot of complaints, eye strain computer eye vision. So what we're going to teach you is Nature's Tears Eye Mist is a product with just a mist to be able to supplement the surface of the eye called the tear film at the aqueous layer. Did you know that your eyes are 99% water at the surface? What is happening when the air is dry and you're dry? The eye drops flooded. You need extra quenching, thirst quenching, moisture starvation replenished. You need just a mist with Nature's Tears Eye Mist. Well, listen to our sponsor and be right back with Alan Jordan. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You're listening to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. 
Today we have Alan Jordan on, and Alan, I'm going to tell, before I introduce him to you, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Alan before he begins. Alan has been for 25 years instrumental in creating and managing search marketing and online reputation management strategies for clients, probably all over this country, and I would not be surprised in other parts of the world. Alan holds an MBA from New York Institute of Technology in Information Technology. He's an executive with an MBA uh, from Columbia University in Sales and Marketing. He's a Master's Certificate in Internet Marketing from the University of San Francisco. He has additional certificates in Search Engine op- Optimism, Reputation Management, e-marketing, and Professional Internet marketing, and certified ethical hacker. Now, the hacker one, I can hardly wait to ask him because I didn't know what that meant. Alan, are you with us? Yes, I am. How are you doing? Well, I want to thank you for joining us. 25 years. Can you imagine what has evolved in your life in 25 years with this? Oh, yes. It's been a wonderful journey. Tell us before, whenever I have a guest on for the first time, and I hope to have you on again, too, an hour doesn't go, go fast. Tell us about how you got started in what you do. Well, I've been, um, like you said, I've been in IT for, for uh, about 27, 28 years. I've, I lose count at some point. Um, all my IT um, experience has been in Internet um, protocol, uh, you know, IT, so to speak. Um, now, people, I'm going to ask you something. Sure. How old are you? 53. You're young, because I'm 70. So you started out many years ago, probably in school, when they were starting to use computers, did they? Uh, Yes. Yeah. They were... You got um, attracted to it, and um, now um, you, to make it a profession like you did, uh, and your direction seemed to be right at the top at the skills of people who not only need your help badly, but people who constantly need these new skills being up to date. When did you find out in your life, and remember, we're hoping to have a lot of entrepreneur thinking people on this, listening to this today. Okay. Um, where did you find your skills, and what gave you the confidence that this is what you wanted to do? That's a funny conversation, because I was a history major, believe it or not. Ended up in, in the IT field. You know, uh, for some reason, I can barely hear you. I'm sorry. Could um, can I? I'm having a hard time hearing. You you. Hello. 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 I hear you fine. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. I think I can hear you a little better. Okay. So I, um, again, I I started out as a history major in college, ended up in IT. Um, by default, in a way, so I, a job I took um, in, in the banking field put, uh, ended up putting me in that area. And so I learned to embrace it because it was always a challenge because technology changes so fast. And I enjoyed how, you know, having a, a, a job where it was never a boring day because of the speed of t- technology change. Right. It is not a boring day in it, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. So you found yourself then getting, and what was your first occupation to, uh, to get you started? As a programmer. 
So you became a programmer. Uh, as a, as a, yes. as They used to call it data processing at that point, uh-huh. but as a programmer. But um, always using um, what was then considered um, Internet technology, mm-hmm. but uh, to, to the layperson, um, you know, to the commoner, it, we never saw it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, things have been going over the Internet since the 60s. And so essentially the technology was just, uh, you know, a business-to-business type of technology okay, over the now, Internet. Now, you know, I'm going to have some fun before we get started on all the questions I'm going to ask. And you can, by the way, I interrupt a lot because what happens, Alan, if I interrupt you and you've said something, I want the audience to hear about what you just said. Okay. Explain it without having to go back again. Okay. Because you'll want to go forward with a lot of things to teach us today in this lab. But the one thing I, about the Internet, tell our uh, listeners about what is it? Did you ever study the invention of the Internet, and how did the private sector ever get started using it? Um, I know a little bit of the background in, about the invention of it. It was, it was simply um, it was done in the 60s simply for different universities to be able to just tra- um, trade research information quickly. And then NASA started using it and the you know, Department of Defense and things like that. Uh, eventually, it started around after in the, in the 70s, starting to have more business applications for it. But again, um, it was just on the B2B uh, area, so it was not uh, for the common people until the, the invention of the browser around 95. So now, who invented the browser? Explorer, excuse me? Who invented the browser? A company called Mozilla. So they're now the maker of Firefox. So the browser allowed for you to see images and allowed for you to also use the the URLs. You know, when you go www. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever Facebook. dot com or something. Mm-hmm. That always existed. It just that it was done with numbers. Each one of these um, website URLs have an IP address behind it. Mm-hmm. So no one would be able to remember with an IP address. So once the browser came out, it was able to use images and also the URLs that made it very uh, useful. So then when uh, they, all this, these new entrepreneurs in their garages, let's say, started uh, inventing, and the challenges became very competitive-spirited and fair-minded-spirited, but all of a sudden, look where we're at today. Now yeah, you're yeah. on your information it says you um, will be able to teach us a little bit today about search engine optimism and give us some ideas about that. What is that? What does search engine optimism mean to our audience? It's uh, search engine optimization. Essentially, that is the way in the, the techniques that you do to make your website attractive to the search engines so that you can get um, listed in the search engines and also you, you tweak it to become highly listed because you, what you want to do, your, your goal is to be on the first page uh, of the search engine, whether it's Google, Bing, or Yahoo. Google mostly because Google has about 78% of the market share, but you definitely need to do certain things to do that. Um, and you want to be on, like I said, the top page because that top page gets 76% of all traffic, and by the time you get to the third page, only 1% of the people go past the third page. Mm-hmm. Now, search engine marketing, which today I uh, I know a lot of our entrepreneur spirits out there 
I was reading an article recently where a lot of people are going online now that they don't have jobs every day or their jobs are just part-time to earn extra money. So entrepreneurism and marketing on the Internet from your home, in your own office at home, and your family. Teach us about search engine marketing. What, are they, what can they learn about that? Where would they go to learn that? Well, search engine marketing, um, that really speaks to what's called pay-per-click because the free search engine stuff really, uh, the SEO or the search engine optimization covers that. The pay-per-click um, items is what you see when you look at, let's say, Google at the very top and down the right-hand side. Mm-hmm. People pay. They, um, it's a bidding process mm-hmm. in order to, to actually get those spots. Mm-hmm. And you pay anything between uh, a penny to a hundred dollars for every for every time someone clicks on your site. You're not mm-hmm. paying for the impression. In other words, for it to be seen, you're paying for the click. Mm-hmm. Hence, pay per click. Mm-hmm. So, when a person's thinking about not starting out with the paid per click, what can they do if they're financially not able to think that way yet or understand it? What would you consider they do to put a business plan together to get something started from a, a, a play, a marketing from home? Uh, what would they be marketing? Let's say there's no product, but they, there's, are there a lot of opportunities out there to search and find companies that are looking for people who can sit at home and participate in their companies from home? Oh, yes, there is. There's um, you know, the small office, home office type of businesses. Um, that essentially you just market the products uh, and using the search engines. Mm-hmm. But that gets back to um, the search engine optimization where you use free search and make, make, basically make sure you, you do everything you can to make sure that your, your website gets to that first page. Mm-hmm. Um, there's over 20 million websites out there. How so many? It's very competitive in order for you to find your niche and to promote uh, uh, it. Alan, how many, how many, web, how many are out there? 20 million. 20 million. And they grow about 10% a year. So to get the front page is quite a task. Yes. Now on these, um, I'm going to say something there. Let's say the individual um, likes to be a writer and they're good at writing. So it's constant writing something and putting it up. And what, what, how important is the keywords and what they've written and the technology in that? So if you're just doing something naturally, let's say you're a blogger um, who's you know, someone who likes to write and they want to get to the first page, it's all about your subject matter mm-hmm. so, or, as we say, content. So you must be consistent with your content. If your site is about um, a certain topic, let's say airplanes, make sure that that's what you're always speaking to. So every time you do a different article, you speak to some aspect of airplane. And Google will actually um, figure it out because it's based on relevance and say, hey. Now, let's back up just a second there. You just said Google will figure it out. What does the audience think about when they wonder, how can Google figure that out, Alan? It basically, it looks at um, several factors, um, something called keyword density. That means how many times you've mentioned Mm -hmm. the word, but that term does not have to be exact. For instance, it could be pluralized, it can be a synonym, um, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. So it is smart enough to figure it out to say, let's say, again, 
airplanes example, that your blog is about airplanes because you said something about like aerospace, mm-hmm. planes, airplane. It'll just run the gamut of the words and say, this is what the site is about. So mm-hmm. now you'll be able to appear in the search engines for those different terms. Mm-hmm. And you're right about staying focused. Stay focused on the, the description that you want to keep describing. Correct. Because those keywords then all of a sudden begin to uh, work for you because you stayed on focus. And is that what you mean by Google? We'll figure that out. Yes. It's, 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 it used to be um, years ago that it was based on how many times you mentioned a certain word. But people became very spammy like that. And in fact, if you see some some websites based on that type of structure, mm-hmm. the, you, you could, they became unreadable. Uh, mm-hmm. Because people constantly throw the same word in there, but Google now wasn't out- the internet invention in the military first to scramble coding for other people or countries or individuals around the world couldn't decode it as easily. Um, you mean encryption? Yes. Yes, encryption just makes sure that that whatever you send cannot be intercepted. The original invention. So the the invention really hasn't changed. It just became even more sophisticated. Yes, encryption is is very sophisticated. Mm -hmm. But it's used when you see like HTTPS, Uh a secure site, especially like you see in Mm -hmm. e-commerce. The data that you're sending at that point is encrypted. Mm -hmm. So keywords... And learning how to go out and study um, those keywords. Now, tell the audience about the importance of the title of what you're putting up, uh, the H1, H2, H3. How important is the H1 on there? Well, because of the… On the the title. This is the title audience. Yes. Uh, H1s can be across the pages, um, but… Uh, Google looks at what's in the H1, H2, or H3 in, within the HTML code and says, hey, if, you, if you're putting in an H1, it must be very important. Two, H2, less important, but still important. And H3, less important than two, but still very important. So it builds, takes all those combinations that you have out there. And, again, it, it draws on your content and say, this is what your site is about and speaks to the relevance and, therefore, mm-hmm. places you in the search engine accordingly. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, website architecture. When you're putting your own website up, does Google and um, Yahoo, Bing, and all of these, do they evaluate your website architecture to put a value on the, what might be a value to your search, uh, search engine also, your keywords? Oh, yes, it does. What it looks at is basically your navigation structure more than anything else. Navigation structure. Your navigation yeah. structure. So if you have, you know, in your home page, you may have a you may have a page about your products. Um, you may have a pr- page describing something else. But it looks at it and how they're connected to once again, because each one of these pages are judged individually, and then mm-hmm. the connections between them, which is your navigation, is also judged, which therefore pulls the relevance of the content altogether. So again, mm-hmm. now at this point, Google says, this is what your site is about because you have 10 different pages talking about the same type of topic. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we're going to go over to uh, search engine registration. Um, 
for the individual. Uh, so their search engine registration is also just as important, I'm sure. It's a minor part. Um, it looks at the registration because if you have a, a, what they consider a, not a spam site, um, people put up these sites, these throwaway sites, and they only register them for a year or two. Mm-hmm. So Google will actually penalize you for having a site that's not registered for, the, for a long time. So what you want to do is regi- when you first register your site, if it's your first time, um, do it more than three years. I would say do it for five years. Um, the cost actually drops um, on an annual basis that way. Mm-hmm. So it's also a benefit. But, you know, your, the length of time that your site has for before expiration and also how old your site is um, actually helps you in the search engine. But it's only about a uh, 1% to 5% boost. Okay. Now, uh, online reputation and management you have on here. Uh, that was fascinating because I think that is so important to the success, the goals of success for each individual that wants to get, take this serious. What is your thinking on that? Well, the key thing is, um, I always tell my clients, is that the Internet is not erasable. So whatever you put out there is going to, be, is going to eventually be found and seen. So from the, what has become really big, especially in the B2B world or the B2C world, is that review sites, for instance, like um, Yelp, Angie's List, um, local Yahoo, where they actually someone has reviewed your site or your, or your product, they visit your restaurant, and they come and put some type of testimonial up there. Mm-hmm. The problem is that one in four people will put something negative and one in ten put something positive. So you really want to make sure that you promote and ask for, uh, from a business standpoint, different people to, you know, to please give me some testimonies where possible. Mm-hmm. Now, social media has really been uh, something I bet for you to watch. I bet you were a little surprised when that became what it's become in well, your 25 years. I honestly, I wasn't that surprised um, okay. because um, we are, in America, we are like an on-demand society. Mm-hmm. And social media allows you to do that, especially, you know, with, the, you know, texting is social media. That's still, you know, it's going over the Internet. So something like Twitter, um, Facebook, it allows people to speak in phrases, short terms. You know, you get, you get 160 characters um, to put a message. So it allows you just to say something real quick and, and go. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing because Twitter has something like 10 million tweets a day. How many? Ten million. Ten million a day. A day. Wow. Now, uh, tell tell us about what you think about Facebook. <laughs> I'm still waiting for someone to do to Facebook what MySpace did to, to uh, Facebook. <laughs> uh huh. I mean, you know, it, it, it's these a lot of the social media sites are what I call the flavor of the month. Um, because everybody is going to launch something else um, that has learned from the previous version. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, that's what Facebook put, did to MySpace. It took it and said, I can improve on you, your base model. Mm-hmm. And now Google um, Plus 
has improved on the Facebook model. So it's just a matter of time before someone, you know, comes and knocks I'm glad it you off. brought up Google Plus because, and we'll we'll go there in a minute. But over on Facebook, you know, um, I came from an era of people who love to communicate. They like to communicate, and that's why when the, there was an invention called the radio, and here came television, and here came cable television. Uh, there was an, a phone invented at first, and people wanted to join and get together and participate, especially women, Alan, to communicate. Yes. And uh, I say that because I remember, Alan, my father saying, would you please get off the phone? <laughs> and all my friends, we'd be calling each other. And I, I never thought, for, he probably never dreamt for a second that I'd make a living on the phone because when I first started my company, my research center, you can imagine I had to use the phone a lot. Uh, I'm one of those people who believes, Alan, still, I prefer hearing your voice than just texting you back and forth all day. I want to hear your tone. I want to hear what you're doing. I want to hear how you, what you want to say. But we have a new audience of people out there who love to email and text. And Facebook became, of course, at a college campus at Harvard, very exciting. <laughs> Can you imagine running a, a election on campus against somebody who had Facebook? <laughs> exactly. And I bet they never thought about that, Alan. <laughs> it could have been invented. Let's see if we can get them to win, but we've got to create something besides the donut feed. But back to uh, what's happened here in the world of communications, I'll call it. Uh, it's just unbelievable on um, what's happening. But tell me about Google+. Plus. Uh, because Google is unbelievably trying to speed forward into a lot of different directions. What is the difference between Google Plus and what is going on out there? It's again, it is. They just took Facebook and tried to go one step further. So mm -hmm. it's a combination of of like Facebook um, review sites, uh, Twitter. It's just all they tried to do was just go one, you know, the next generation. So that's what I mean by the flavor of the month. So uh, they were able to get 10 million um, signups within their first month, faster than you know Facebook did, of course, um, because it's Google and they have the ability to populate you know everyone's mind with um, with their product, so to speak. Okay, we only have a minute left before our first commercial, um, and that'll be the last one because we wanted to keep you on all the way. Okay. Uh, when we come back, let's think about uh, some of the things that you've said here that kind of fascinated me on um, the, the social media, yes, because a lot of people can start their entrepreneurism thinking that way but they're in, in their reputation and management. But I want to find, we're going to have you tell us a little bit also about what is ethical hacking. Um, to okay. me, hacking over here, if you were at our campus, my research center, we uh, we had thank gosh we've got Randy because whenever we've been hacked or we're trying to protect our integrity and we come to work and there's been problems, it's been a challenge. And now we want to learn what ethical means. Okay. So, Alan, if you uh, we'll be right back. Stay with us, and we're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist to replenish the lost moisture at the eyes. Why are eyes dry? It's because of the water. It's not the ointment, it's not the gel, it's not the eye drop, it's the water loss. 
that's causing your eyes to have a depletion. And did you know around the world there are millions and pe- millions of people that are blind? It's every three seconds. And by t- 2030, there are going to be 35 million people in the United States blind. And that isn't counting all of the other types of blindness, but uh, diabetics and more. So stop to think to take care of yourself sitting at that computer all day and at night when you come home. There's things to learn. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, with just a mist, all natural, and we'll be right back with Alan Jordan. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Alan, um, what is uh, ethical hacking? Well, it's, <laughs> it's something I picked up along the way. Uh, essentially, um, you know what a hacker is, someone who's going to just try to um, break into your website just to wreak havoc on your world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they do it. Um, some people do it um, with criminal motives. Some people do it just to put a challenge. Mm-hmm. But an ethical hacker is someone who knows how to hack, and they do it for it's, um, in a defensive mode. So basically you say, hey, these are the ten things that I can do to hack your site. Let me see, can I get into it? And if you break into it, you tell the person whose site it is to basically, this is what you have to do to fix that. Mm-hmm. So you, uh, you're teaching also how people can protect themselves from just normal hacking. Um, basically, you're hired to, to, to block someone from hacking block. your site. Okay. okay, and that is becoming very common, isn't it? Um, yeah, like I said, uh, every every fifteen year old with a laptop or <laughs> is trying to do something um, mm-hmm. just to prove that they can do it. Mm-hmm. But it's also it's a huge criminal enterprise behind it, also. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and countries of the world are doing it, especially if uh, somebody is becoming commonly known or bumped into known that they're running around on the internet, and then all of a sudden somebody out there in the world notices them, and it could become somebody that's from some other country. Oh, yes. Um, for people who are hackers, know what's your, the, what a website's vulnerability is. Mm-hmm. Um, they figure out um, what products are you using to, um, to run your website and have a list of vulnerabilities for each of these products. 
So they know that if you're using product X for what's called your web server, that there's a problem that there's a way in which they can get into that website. So it's up to you mm-hmm. to make sure that you keep all your software up to date to make sure that you can block these hacking attempts. Now, we have a lot of people on the web every day, and senior citizens are very common. I mean, it's becoming very common that senior citizens are growing in numbers every day on sitting at their computer. How do they get all that? It becomes very costly if they don't have places to go to link into that can help them keep up their website and and keep people from hacking. Where would they go, Alan? Uh, they can't afford to have somebody come in like those of us who have companies to have somebody full-time employed to do it. But how, where do they go to get well, the most, help? With, oh, um, with if you're that. just talking about the normal consumer at Which home, um, their provider, their um, Internet provider, okay. maybe it's um, Verizon, Cablevision, Comcast, these type of organizations, okay. they generally um, have a firewall built in on their okay. side first level of, of blocking things. Mm-hmm. And then they also, um, you can buy firewall software mm-hmm. for your own computer that everyone should purchase. I think everybody should have firewall software oh, yeah, to protect definitely. them. And you can um, get a, a lot of software, for instance, like a Norton's, um, Norton's 360. Mm-hmm. They actually have the um, a firewall, antivirus, this type of stuff built in that updates mm-hmm. automatically uh, so you don't have to worry about it. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not cost prohibitive. It's something that costs you maybe 100 bucks a year. Okay. What, tell us about linking, uh, benefits of linking and building your uh, site. Um, I'm sure a lot of families are linking into their other family homes, and now they're sitting there with um, – the opportunities of using uh, Skype or whatever to talk to their families by um, that type of uh, technology. Tell us about linking. Well, are you speaking about net, just networking or yes, actually? Yes, uh, right. Um, again, as the long word as you linking. have the good software, um, you can do those type of things that, to, that you'll be protected um, from using some, you know, some, hazardous items with like Skype and stuff like that. Um, because as you connect all your computers together, let's say you have more than one computer and you have the internal network in your house, um, again, that software um, for the firewalls become very important to use. Now, when people are learning to link uh, when they're building a business or doing something uh, that they want to bring more people to their atten- to attention, it uh, says here, uh, facilities and improvement search engine rankings. Then you've got assist and improvement direct site traffic. Explain to our audience uh, how they could, let's say they're already doing it, but let's say the word linking, how, why would that improve uh, the direct site traffic? Okay, well, now you, you, you're talking about the search engine optimization again. So okay. when you actually have an a, a site linked to you or you link to another site, that event, basically you're just putting some text on, on your page. Um, a, a search engines um, are smart enough to understand that the sites that you're linking to, uh, if they are relevant to your topic. 
So, for instance, if you are you have a site on airplanes again, uh, if you link to a site that uh, speaks about air travel, uh, the search engines look at that and say, hey, well, now I know what your topic is again, and it boosts you up. But if you link to a site that speaks about shoes, it actually hurts you because it, it, there's, there's no relevance to your subject. Mm-hmm. So those kind of links, uh, let's say you want to build up an entrepreneurship from home, and or if you, even if you're going to be hired by somebody, you should probably understand how to link and, and the importance of, of linking with other sites. Yes. How would you go about linking? Tell our audience. Let's say you wanted to link with somebody else who does an airplane accessory business or building airplanes or has airplanes to lease or in the business of a school. How would you approach that on site? You're not calling them up. You're wanting to link with them. How would you approach that? Well, there's two types of links. There's inbound links and outbound links. Okay. Outbound links means that you have something in your content that links to them. And that's basically um, when you put what's called a hyperlink Mm -hmm. within the content so that the words on the page may, again, I'm going to give the airplane example. The words on the page, you may have a hyperlink to someone else's site when you start talking about um, air travel. So you may link to www.airtravel.com, for instance. Mm-hmm. So that will become an outbound link because you're taking you're taking someone to who's clicking on that link to another site that's off yours. Inbound links is when the link comes the other way. So when someone links to you from their site. Mm-hmm. Now, inbound links are harder to get. Um, which basically um, the best way to get them, because you, you want quality ones, because you want ones that are on topic to what your site is about, is to just request them from the person whose site it is, who's the site owner. Do you have to give them some? I know the audience is wondering about this. Uh, what do you have to get? What do you give them to be able to participate together? You basically, you use a reciprocal link. You, you, you will ask them, hey, if you link to me, I will link to you, that type of situation. So the participation means you're both going to be winners. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And the more people you each have linking, the more you'll have people, um, you're getting attention to your site. Right. And again, it benefits you in the search engine movement. Pardon? I said it just benefits you in the search engines also. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. The other one is social bookmarking. What is that for the audience to learn? That is definitely the the example of uh, flavor of the month. <laughs> <laughs> I like your flavors of the month here, Alan. Yes, um, there's there's tens of thousands of social bookmarking sites, and they jump up every day. So uh-huh. uh, uh, it, basically, what happens is you visit a site. And you you like like it or something to that effect, and you will put a link to a different to your site in there. Um, or people do that. Um, so essentially, most of the things will come from these social media sites. So if someone again like a Facebook like of your site, that's considered mm-hmm. a bookmark. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's there's so many sites out there. And like I said, there's tens of thousands. They pop up every day. Um, social bookmarking is nice from the search engine perspective. They give you about a one to five percent boost if you have a lot of social bookmarks out there. But it's not worth it to to do anything to pursue it. If it happens naturally, that's good. But don't um, I advise anyone about going to try to do a lot of social bookmarking to boost their site. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Then we're going to go on to the word Twitter. Uh, I personally think that's for individuals who want to have, let's say they're on their site and they want to get farther out there, the Twittering. Uh, well, let's go blogging first. Uh, this, I'm sorry, I'm going to go to blogging before Twitter, Alan. Okay. Um, tell our audience, and I'm going to pretend like everybody out there is novice, and if they're not novice, this is fascinating. Um, blogging, how important is it to learn how to blog? Blogging just allows for your opinion to be heard. That's it. Mm-hmm. You create, uh, basically, there's websites for it, like blogger.com, WordPress, and things like that, mm-hmm. where you can go and just put your information, whatever is on your mind for the day, mm-hmm. and whatever your topic is, and you just do it. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem I see is that our information has become very invalid on the Internet because of blogging, because they have people putting a lot of their opinions out there, but the people who read it don't know it's an opinion and take it for fact. Well, you know, this is one of the secrets, and this is what I do on the show too, is bring up some things of interest to the listeners. When Ariana Huffington was building her um, website and audience to, to appeal to the readers and uh, and everyone. She really utilized bloggers, and a lot of the bloggers, well, all, all the bloggers, did it for nothing. What do you think the success? How do, how does a person uh, tell our audience? How does a person go out and find other bloggers other than yourself to help you with your cause and your message? Well. There's something called RSS feeds, and basically that's what sites like Huffington Post and things like that use. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a blog, you're going to have to follow me on this. It's not really that complicated, but if you have a blog, uh, generally if you get it from someplace like WordPress or blogger.com, mm-hmm. they have a, a way in which you can syndicate your content. So it becomes part of what's kind known of as RSS. What's called RSS. Mm-hmm. Real-time syndication. Huh. So, I'm sorry, real simple syndication. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, you're saying, "Hey, I just I just said something, and now I want to distribute it." Mm-hmm. And you get bundled up with a lot of other people who 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 now would that include Twitter and YouTube and all the things that go along with. Would that be part of the RSS? It can be. Okay. Not everyone puts their, you know, their YouTube um, videos and things like that into an RSS feed, but you can. And then you, so now you're what's known as a contributor, mm-hmm. and then you have sites like Huffington Post where there are consumers of the feed. Mm-hmm. 
So they will take feeds from places that they feel are reputable and put put that content on their site. So now you don't have to write several pages a day because someone else is doing it for you. Mm-hmm. Right. It uh, all of a sudden you're building a network. Correct. And the skill is, uh, and you correct me because you're the authority. The skill is first of all knowing how to write specific. Don't get carried away with all kinds of ands and buts. The other one is getting a good H1 title that's powerful to your keywords, and if you can graduate to two, H2 and H3, and then you're learning how to get other people interested in blogging with you and getting interested in your message, being the messenger, to get involved, and then the Twitter comes along. If you can learn how to Twitter once you've done your blog. Am I right? Yes, but remember when you do a tweet, you only have 160 characters. Right. It's a lot less characters. So essentially what you want to do with each tweet is to um, put something like your URL in there mm-hmm. so that you, you, you're completing the full system of links, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tell us about... Uh, now, we, uh, the Facebook uh, fans, uh, let's say we're back to Facebook. People want to get their message out there farther. And Facebook would be involved in that or other, others that are like Facebook. They need to understand more how to communicate to add to that. Would that be part of the marketing strategy also, Facebook and YouTube and, and uh, Twitter and all that, so they can get their message out there quicker? Yes, you can build out all these different social media things like, like YouTube and Facebook to essentially um, ha- add value to your site. But mm-hmm. I would say just take it one step at a time because right. there's too many step of these different um, venues out there. So the mm-hmm. first thing is um, concentrate on having a good, robust site with valid and relevant content. Mm-hmm. And then worry about connections to some of these social media sites to help you um, add traffic, but foremost um, is make sure that your website is solid. Mm-hmm. Well, before we're done today, I wanted to bring out, let's discuss some of the things that are going on out there. Um, we have uh, we have um, Yahoo, and our listeners would probably like to hear, Alan, you've been at this a long time, and Google is, uh, there's been people out of the country trying to buy into Yahoo or buying it. What is your thinking about what's going on out there with the business at hand uh, all over the world? Because the Americans have really opened up an unbelievable future for other countries and other people in our country to get involved. But now we have also successful companies that are being wanting to be acquired. And what do you think about what's happening with Yahoo? Well, this is a you know a, a, a global um, the, you know the internet is global anyway. So um, if it's sold to someone offshore or something, it, it really won't have that any effect at all on on anything mm-hmm. <laughs> because they're going to you know they're going to keep it following the same format more or less. Mm-hmm. So with uh, Google. Uh, but it said this morning on Bloomberg uh, that Google is, uh, and even Microsoft is looking over at um, Yahoo. Um, yes, uh, Yahoo actually 
still has a huge value from the search engine marketing standpoint. They're, they're common, they, they, uh, Yahoo and Bing more or less partnered uh, a little over a year ago. Mm-hmm. So um, they do a good job of actually with the paid advertisement, mm-hmm. um, also with the news. I mean, again, Google is a very simple search engine, mm-hmm. uh, where Yahoo is more of a directory because um, it has all the stuff categorized for you. When you go to yahoo.com, you can see, like, here's the sports, here's finance, mm-hmm. uh, here's the weather. With yeah, it's one been there a long time. It. How old is Yahoo? It was the Yahoo. first one. Um, it goes back to the um, mid-'90s. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, the late-'90s. I'll never forget the first time I was in a meeting that we were invited to by AT&T Company, and they invited a group of the companies in and, wined and dined us and paid for everything, and I'll never forget when they were launching this word called Yahoo, and all I could think, Alan, is, oh, my God, uh, Yahoo, <laughs> great, that was a great name, is a great name. Well, what, what do you want to say to the audience? We have a minute left uh, for you being our very special guest, and I would love to have you on again someday. What do you say to the audience out there that would like to know more about you own a company called Farpoint, um, Alliance, and they come to Farpoint Alliance, getting to know you, www.farpointalliance.com. How would you like to close off today that people need to be thinking about? Well, especially if you're running a, a small business, um, home business, small business, uh, what you really want to do is try to take advantage of the power of the search engines. So as he has his website, um, use the search engines and everything you can do to promote it because it's the lowest cost of advertising that you would ever use. Um, it's, it's 24-7, 365, it is. it's global, and you right can, at your you finger can compete tip. if you can get seen. Well, we're out of time. I want to thank you, Alan, for um, joining us today, and I wish you well. Be well. And uh, there is so much more to talk about, but one day we'll, I hope you will do this again with us. No problem. Thanks for and having me. Thank you for taking your time today. I know how valuable it was. Okay. Thank you very much. You have a nice day. Bye. Bye. Well, as I've told you out there in the world, there is a lot to understand with the Internet and all that is available to you to learn. And you know, today before the show, I wanted to learn more about what is happening to our eyesight And I am shocked at every three minutes there's somebody going blind. Our eyesight is, the education is vital. Uh, Come to www.biologicaquaresearch.com and learn more about the tear film of your eye. You're sitting at a computer all day, and your tear film gets dry because it's 99% water. It's not a cream. It's not an ointment. It's not a gel. It's not a chemical. It's water. And our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, is the only product worldwide to be able to surface, uh, provide at the surface of your eyes the thirst quenching that is so important to replenishing lost moisture. Earth does have a secret. Embrace your life every moment. But Earth whispers to each one of us, like they did to Stephen Job. He's left his footprint behind. And I think today to make this a special show with having Alan Jordan on, thinking about Stephen Jobs. Thank you for listening and be well. 
Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinerHour.com. 